most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. A quote from Kobe Bryant, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in on the Block Podcast with me, your boy Jay, a.k.a. Coach Jay, a.k.a. Jay Boogie. And yes, this is episode number six, man. Number six. Wow, it's crazy, man. Um, you know, I had to do a Kobe quote because, you know, my next special guest I got on here coming live from the West Side. Um, let me just introduce him real quick. Uh, when I met him years ago, man, it was just like I had a dope connection with him, even though we mostly talk about hoops and sometimes about life and other things, you know what I'm saying? Um, he's a me- another member of the Good Dad Gang, fitness guru, and founder of Fit of um, Legendary Fitness and Little Legends Organization. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome overseas pro hooper, Jamel Tolliver. Yo, 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 JT in the building. What's good, Jet? How you doing? I'm blessed, man, blessed. Give me a nice intro right there. Make it sound like I'm a jack of all trades over there. Listen, man, from what I know about you, you are, brother. You know what I'm saying? I got to give everybody flowers while I can. You know what I mean? Got to uplift us people. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. All right, all right. How things on the west side, my man? The temperature's hot over here right now. I mean, they, I think we're going back into quarantine, it's, it's looking like. But uh, you know, we're just trying to stay isolated, stay, stay keeping our distance in and try to get out whenever we can, but just a little bit difficult. I got you, man. Kind of like how we was before, like when this first started, man. So I guess y'all kind of feeling the effects like we feeling right now. So, you know what I mean? Man, just trying to stay away from people. That's all I hear. <laughs> I hear you, bro. <laughs> I hear you, bro. Is the family good? Everybody good? Oh, no. Everybody's good. And they're trying to just make sure we keep it that way. I got it, man. All right, so let's get into this thing. I I call um I like to call the best of the West meets the East. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we're gonna label this episode <laughs> East meets West. So all right, gotcha. So you were born and raised for the whole coast. Oh, oh no, definitely, no, definitely, the whole coast. <laughs> I say I hold it down for the whole coast. Oh, all right, got you, got you. And, you know, you you coast and you international, too. But we're going to get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Born and raised in L.A. in Inglewood. What was life like growing up? Life was chill, man. I I, I mean, we didn't have too many things. Of course, the environment, you're a product of the environment. So with all black people being around and just being black and Hispanics mostly, it's a pretty chill environment. Everybody's working hard. We're mostly blue collar around here. So, I mean, we just... Trying to do what we can and, and, and grind. My mom was, uh, uh, she did a state farm agency. Okay. She was grinding doing that. Pops was a mechanic, making sure that, you know, he, he goes down his little shop in the neighborhood. And uh, that's pretty much it. I grew up with two uh, two parents, though, with black-owned businesses, so I guess that was a little different for me. Oh, so I kind of, now you see why I call you a jack-of-all-trades. Look at your background, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you have any siblings? I had to do something. Yeah, I have two older sisters. Oh, two older sisters? Well, you welcome to the Young Brother Club, because I got an older sister myself, man. How was that, like, growing up with your with your other sisters? Uh, it, it, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, being a younger brother, you always want to toughen up. You see, you see the stuff that your pops is doing, things like that, so you always try to stick up and and, and bully your sisters or you know, bully their boyfriends or whatever else is going on. But um, my sisters are pretty tough, man, coming up from the neighborhood that we came up in that. They, they take care of themselves, and it's, it's always been like that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, 
You gotta love you gotta love the big sisters, man. They protect you, you protect them, man. Because at the end of the day, you know, family is blood, and you know, not family. All family is blood, but you know, it's depend on the bond that you have with them that defines that defines family. Facts. Yeah. All right. So. Hey, put it better myself. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. So, um, no, you are like I said before. You was a. Um, you you are the founder of Legendary Fitness, man. So I'm gonna call you the fitness guru <laughs> for short. I'm so cool what, with that. I'm cool with that. All right. So what made you get into fitness? Well, uh, in the beginning, of going in the, coming out of high school, you got going into college. You had to find out what you what you wanted to do on choosing a degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't have too many things that interest me. School was the, the biggest thing that was, that was for me. But uh, I was introduced to kinesiology. Okay. It's the study of the body and the kinesthetics, and I was able to relate that to my father. My father has uh, uh, multiple sclerosis, oh, okay. uh, spinal, cord dis- uh, spinal cord disorder, and so on. So I was able to, to relate the things that I was learning in school mm-hmm. and come back and help my father, and I kind of find it cool, and then ended up just finding a niche for it, sticking mm-hmm. to it, and, and staying through it. And once I got my degree, it was like, man, I'm just, I got to help other people now. Oh, okay. That's what's up, man. And, you know... Um, you got a page. We're going to get into that later, too. You can, like, at the end of the show, you can tell everybody at and everything like that. But um, I still, I, I've seen the page, man. I've seen a lot of happy customers and a lot of results, man. How that make you feel? I don't, it makes you feel good. It's, it's amazing that you can come up with something and that people believe in you enough to, you know, actually do your program. And then I can show the re- results because, I mean, there's so many people and so many different things going on out there. There's a lot of places that they can go. So the results are the biggest thing for me and. and be finding the motivation to, you know, get people to be encouraged to do my program and try something mm-hmm. a little bit different with the online training. It takes a little bit of a risk, but once they catch on, they uh, they get the results, and, man, I'm able to advertise through those things. So it's just a little bit different of an experience, but uh, during these times, it's a lot safer, and it's it's been pretty good for me so far. Oh, okay, that's cool. Not to, you know, sit here and do a little advertising, but, you know, your boy here is also one of the, you know, I don't know what you want to call them, legendary uh, visitors or what we, what we call people that come to your gym, like what they call them, legendary uh, helpers? <laughs> oh, we call, yeah, we call them legendary fitness team members. Le- legendary fitness team members. But, you know, I have to thank you a lot for the program, you know, you, you blessed me with, man. And I do see results. I just wish that sometimes, like, I could be more consistent with it and, you know, it's a lot been going on with all the stuff that, you know, the the social distancing, the social um, upsetting, you know, all these matters that's going on with, you know, with our people. It, it's just kind of hard sometimes. That's why, I, like, I take these breaks from uh, social media and just chill. And then I go to work out. Work out, I start feeling good when I, when I do the workout program that you gave me. Absolutely, absolutely. That's how it's supposed to be. I mean, a lot of us get distracted by things that are going on in life and we we tend to put our, our, our health on the on the shelf. Facts. Forget about it for a little while until everything else is good, when it really should be vice versa, because I, a lot of times we pay attention to our health and our body feels good, we're able to stimulate our mind and you know, take ourselves past the little distractions that are going on, the temporary things that last in the moments and stuff like that. So it's kind of just getting people out of the mindset to you know, trigger, if you make your body feel good, then you can make your mind feel good instead of vice versa. Facts, man, because like they say, man, if health is not just only physical, it's mental, man. You got to also be mentally strong, you know, mentally healthy to actually get into to fitness like that, too, and to help uh, exceed your goals. 
Absolutely, absolutely. All right. And now um, you found it Little League, Little Legends League, or Little League Legends, I'm sorry if I read that wrong. It, 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 uh, no problem, no problem. Little Legends Organization. Yeah, Little uh, Legends Organization. Uh, That's giving back to, like, the community and everything like that for the kids, right? Tell us a little yeah, bit about it. Yeah, it's a little nonprofit I started. Uh, I started doing, every time uh, I'm overseas, they usually have us doing coaching as part okay. of a part-time job and things and to help influence and stuff. And uh, whenever I came back, I didn't do it too much when I was at home. I didn't go out into the community. I wasn't even doing the things that I'm doing overseas. Gotcha. So I made sure that uh, over the last four years that I came back and started building my own program. Not too many people in it, but it's, it's a start. It's an influence around it, the people around that are local in my neighborhood. And we're doing all right. So, I mean, I'm just trying to do the little things that I can around the people that I can. Got you, man. And it's a big, listen, man, it may not be big now, but... You know, everything starts from the um, bottom, like Drake said. Started from the bottom, now we here. So you know, things can definitely definitely could take off within a year or two. But unfortunately, I know, cut like me. If you try to feel like me, AU season was kind of canceled, and you know, and you know, I was looking forward to coaching my very first AAU team, man, and it kind of hurt. But at the same time, you know, the kids that I, I, I follow or they follow me, they've been working out and keeping their mind, you know, their mind right. And so that makes me feel good as a coach and as a person that, you know, they'll sit there and hit me up like, Jay, hey, you know, ask me for advice about stuff. So I'm quite sure they do the same with you. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You got, I mean, you can't lose the mentor hat. It don't go nowhere. They're still looking for some guidance from you and some things to do. But it's just... uh little bit weak that you can't meet them in person. You know, as a kid, you, you know, it's a lot more influence if you can see them, put your hands on them, talk to them, <laughs> take them, you know, to give them a little more guidance. But uh, trying to get them to slow down and just listen takes a lot of time. So it's a good relationship that you have with them if they're looking out to, you know, if they're reaching out to you just to listen to what you have to say. Yeah, man, um, that's dope. Also, you know, with this new technology we have, it's not like we fall anyway. Like, we can video chat them, call them, you know. And it's still instruct them in a way. I mean, it's not going to be as efficient as person to person or you know practice, but it's still a start. Yeah, so it's better than nothing. Now. That's what I like to say. It's better than sitting back doing nothing. At least I got somebody at least watch me and correct me and help me with my things. If I got to ask what I'm doing in the gym, it's good to have somebody give you some guidance. Absolutely true, man. That's that's facts, man. And that's a, and, you know, like give you a flowers, man. It's a great thing you're doing for the community, man. We need more of this. Trying to, I'm trying to influence some of them. So I'm pretty sure some, uh, you know, the other kids that I'm working with are doing other things to give back to their communities. Now making sure that they all go back to their after school programs and give a little something back. So we trying to make sure that that at least blossoms. The giving back thing blossoms. We got to take care of our people. Make sure our brothers are taking care of each other. Got you, man. And that, keep up the great work, man. I, lo- I love, you know, I'm a person that, you know. From the youth, you know, being a father, I'm for the youth, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody keeps saying the children is the future. So, you know, we got to keep teaching them so that when they get to our position, they have acquired all the knowledge that we taught them, and sometimes they taught themselves so that, you know, they can make start making the world a little bit better. Right, absolutely. All right, man, now let's get into some this, of the fun this, part. This generation powerful, man, though. This generation real, real outspoken, though. You know what, man? I'm going to be uh, completely honest with you. I am shocked. Like, you know, with all this started happening, you saw how many youth was up there and help, you know, with spitting facts and, and, and just, you know, helping out on the, the protests and, you know, 
it, it, it blew my mind a little bit because, you know, we always say, like, I know you probably had this, like, when you coach kids, like, man, this generation and this and that, you know, uh-huh. sound like an old, an old guy like For me. Real. You know what I mean? And it was just shocking, man. What do you what do you think about that, too? I mean, the open-mindedness of this generation and the willingness to, you know, to, to, to actually just want true equality, to want true justice in, in these things. I mean, from the, you know, the LBG those type of rights and yeah. from the, uh, there's so many different movements that are going on that they are pushing for just for people to be equal. And I mean, I, of course, we all for it. Loving it, man. I'm loving it. Every minute of it, man. That goes to show, like, you know, they woke just as much as we are. Or, you know, like you said, we teach a lot of stuff that, you know, that they see anyway. So they're like sponges. They're like, oh, my, my father or my coach is doing it. So, you know what? I think I'm going to do it also. They very very conscious, man. It's it's very it's, it's really surprising. I think the the generation of the internet, them being able to you know have curiosity and look things up themselves, and you know have certain friends, and of course always the sports world is a way to mix and see those things. And then yeah. when you get back in the real world, you're wondering why you know you can't be friends with somebody else because of you know, a certain color of their skin or they live in a certain area. So I think this generation grew up with a lot of curiosity. They've become very very conscious. Yes, yes, of what's yes. going on around and. That that puts uh, I, I definitely think that that puts a lot of pressure on us and the old, the older generations <laughs> of what to do. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, it's like you know, like you say, you have a kid and they sit there. You said, "Why are you doing that?" Because daddy, this and this and that. Or I'm like, "Oh, I taught you that." And you just, I sit there for a second, like, "Whoa, wait, whoa, okay, maybe you get a little too smart for me here." You know, uh-huh. <laughs> got still you got still you, you know as parents you got to still play it off like yeah I know I meant to teach you that. <laughs> hey, 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 you learned that on purpose. Is is facts exactly like you learned that on purpose? Well, I got plenty of ways of teaching you. You don't even know it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I am the teacher. It's no. It's no. Um. The teachers become the student now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you never graduate. Not, not at all. Um, the school of hard knocks is always learning. Word. Okay, now let's get into some of my favorite topics. We 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 could talk all day about this, but we're gonna kind of shorten it out because I don't want to make this like a two hour show about it. <laughs> um, um, what made you get into basketball, and what age was you when you decided to start playing it? Uh, getting into basketball. Definitely street hoops, watching the M one mixtapes and those types of things. Me being from a, yes. me being from LA, man, I'm really close to Venice Beach. Mm. So I would see a lot of those guys up close and personal. It was a little more affordable for me to go see them for free yeah. than to go to like a Laker game or something like that. So uh me being from Inglewood in the in the area, we always went to the beach and it was really close. So those things became those became the guys that I started following. Then my okay. father started putting me on to Magic Johnson and Showtime. Oh, okay. Did he make you watch the videos? <laughs> Man, he, he made me watch so many videos. I was impressed with Magic, but it was so many other things that was turning me off about it. I was I wasn't really rocking with it. So I had gone over gone over the football and some other things for a little while, just like any old kid experimenting. Exactly. But when Kobe, when Ooh. Kobe came out, yes. When Kobe got drafted by the Lakers, that's it. You was like pretty much that that that's a um, done deal right there. I'm gonna look that's at my him. Brother. Yeah, <laughs> you, I, that's your favorite player. Oh yeah, that, I mean, I felt like that was my big brother. Oh, to be okay. honest, I, 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 I thought I thought Kobe was telling me everything to do vicariously, man. <laughs> I hear you, brother. 
<laughs> that's what's up right there, man. Someone like that, you can't help but admire, man. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, when he first came out, I was like, who's this cocky, arrogant dude? But as, you know, as I got older and I started learning the game more and I started watching Kobe, I was like, damn. Like, I, I kind of, I, I was wrong about him. He was just, it was just so passionate about the game of basketball. And he's the type of person that always liked to learn, like to, you know, come up one step, one step ahead of some people. And just a, a constant, learning, just constantly a student of the game. And he, it is so crazy. Like, you know, rest in peace, Kobe, by the way. It's so crazy. It's like, it took me this Thank long you, to realize this. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I just don't think, like, uh, I think it's hard for us to recognize greatness while it's happening. It's really something that you 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 have to recognize because I mean we're all spoiled. The NBA and the one percenters and the top players of the league mm-hmm. he is so spoiled. We don't recognize so many great things are going on. I even think so about the the league today. Yeah, we got Kawhi, you know Kawhi going for his you know third championship with a third different team. James Harden and Russell trying to do their own thing. If Giannis don't win a championship this year, I think he's going to Golden State. I, I mean, there's just so much things going on in the league. Sure, oh, sure is, man. And, and with the COVID and everything kind of putting a damper on some of this stuff, it's like, damn, man. Like, I kind of, like, I'm kind of reluctant for them to start again. I just want them to start a whole completely new season to, you know, so it could be like, all right. But then also at the same time, it's conflicting because it's like you want to see what happened before, you know, what would have happened. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I'm kind of conflicted. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, I'm a Laker fan, so, you know, we were top in the West, so I'm, I'm definitely trying to finish this season <laughs> from a bias, from a bias perspective. That's all I'm you, saying. You, you know what? I, I can't even say because I'm, I'm not a Knicks fan. I like Brooklyn, but, you know, I'm an OKC okay. fan. So you know, I, it used to be the Sonics. I was always a Sonic fan, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. You know what I'm saying? But I love Michael Jordan, but I wouldn't hard, I would only root for the Bulls if – they make it out to East. Man, my favorite per, uh, player on that team was uh, Deadly Strip. Yeah, I don't know no, why. Because he was a utility guy, you know what I mean? He he did all the other <laughs> the dirty work, but he had the shot in a, in a good basketball IQ. He, he definitely did. He always made smart plays. I mean, he just never was a negative on the floor besides on defense. I call him like, only- I used to call him the poor man's Chris Mullen for some reason. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. That definitely, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I miss the Sonics. That that jersey color was fire, by the way. <laughs> How you feel about Chris Paul and OKC? You know what? I like it, but Chris kind of, I kind of needs more help, and I hope he stays. Which you know, probably not, because then Chris Paul is probably like, I want to go somewhere else to probably contend for a ring. But where, where do you think he would go? L.A. with Braun. And they talking about New York Knicks. I don't want Chris Paul to come to New York City, man. You know, this New York media has a curse about them. This this place is just like cursed. Like you come to unless you go to Brooklyn, which but it's not gonna make no sense with him and, and, and Kyrie. But um No, no, no. That's yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah, it's definitely not gonna happen. So if you sit here and tell me where they're gonna where, he come to New York City, he just I just don't see him in New York City. Will he make the team better as far as point guard wise and leadership wise and that veteranness? Yes, I would be like, yes, he he would make it better. I just don't want to see him here because, like, as far as, like, what they did, like, with Melo, they kind of make Melo the scapegoat of everything. It really wasn't his fault. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to see Chris Paul go out like that. That's why I don't want him here. But L.A.? Man, but 
everybody left, though. I mean, they, I feel like uh, Dolan just uh, kind of let everybody go. I mean, even all the way back to Marcus Camby. It's like yeah. they, they always have players. Yeah. Nobody wants to stay. Nah, and you know what? New York is not a bad place to stay. It's like you said, it's the ownership and the leadership. Like, the organization has changed up so many people and, and stuff throughout the years. And I always have, always talk to my Knicks fans about this. I said, you know what? Y'all want to get better? Get rid of Dolan. Dolan only cares about money. He doesn't want to bring a championship to New York City. Man, after the Charles Oakley thing, I stopped rocking with them. Charles Oakley? Shh. What about um this guy? Uh, uh, uh Spike. Spike, yeah. What Spike say? No, I'm, I must have missed it, but I'm sure Spike not a fan too much. I mean, no. Oak not. Oh, come on now, Oak can't come in there. You crazy? Nah, cause remember when Spike? Uh, they had that whole thing with Spike, and it was like, yo, you changed. They changed the 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 way he come in or something like that, cause he been coming the same way for years using the the players. I did see that. Yeah, so. I did see that. So yeah, so that was the um, that was that was the whole thing. I'm sitting there like, yo, once that's, I said, yo, y'all lose a super fan like Spike, that's it. You gotta get Dolan out of there. You'll never see him do that to Jack Nicholson, man. Ne- never, never, never. Jack, Jack, Jack be on the sidelines, be chilling. I loved it. I love seeing Jack there. Man, fans will make sure they park his car for him to make sure he got his seat. He respected, straight up. Facts, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, we could go on and on about this, man. But uh, let's kind of let's kind of move on a little bit. <laughs> you went to um Luzinga High School. What was that like? Did you play varsity all four years? Man, I, no, I started really late. I got there at my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I played JV for my first year, and then at the end of the year, I moved up to varsity for junior year and senior year. What was your stats like? Oh, man, stats, I wasn't a big-time scorer. I mean, we had Russell Westbrook, Darrell Wright, a couple NBA Wait players. Wait a minute, you went to score Russ? <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yes, sir, he graduated the year after me. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so when we had some offensive threats. I'm pretty sure I averaged, like, about 10 and 8. Mm-hmm. And the 8 being a rebounds, I was a power forward there. I, I was using my athletic ability just to jump. And we would press all the time, so I'm at least getting two or three layups, but... I'm gonna have to check the stat book for you, but I want to say at least ten and eight. Ten and eight. Well, I'm, you know, you have to be, you know, on point with it. But yeah, was you like, well, you, since you wasn't the the main score, was you like the glue guy, the leadership? What what was your type of role? Was you just, or, like I said, was you just a role player? I definitely think I was an energy guy. Okay. I, I was always trying to. I was rebounding. I was always trying to. You know, whenever we were pressing up, I'm always trying to get dunks to give the team some energy and stuff. I always thought that that was my flow. So. I definitely think that was my defined role in, in high school, was the energy guy and a, and a solid role player. Okay. What was Russ like in high school? Did you ever, y'all were like, you ever had like open gym and just like play pickup with him and just like y'all go at it or something like that? I mean, well, yeah, we had, we had open gym all the, all the time, man. We, we played all the time. Uh, Russ has always been tenacious. Russ has always been a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, it, we all talk smack to each other. So I mean, it wasn't no stand. We, <laughs> we like to say that he learned all that trash talking from from being around us. So <laughs> I mean, uh, that's just how you do in the city. If you ain't trying to beat somebody's mind and beat them down, you ain't done enough. I got you, man. See, you know, I, it's the one thing when they be like city kids versus country kids. Like in the city, even either whatever coach you go to, 
you know you're gonna have those trash talkers. Like, you know, I kind I kind of feel like in the country you don't really have that many trash talkers, but there are, but it's not as much as city kids. Like city kids just had the extra little um to them. You know what I mean? They hit you in the soul. It's a little bit of truth told to all them jokes. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah. So um, did you play any AAU ball or you know? I know you stayed local and played in like a lot of the, the local tournaments. Yeah, no, I was real local. I, my, my father being in a wheelchair, didn't do too much of the, the summer traveling. The most traveling he tried to do was during the season and try to make sure that he got to those games during the summer. We was doing a big family thing. So I missed a lot of big fam, uh, the the AAU circuit that was going on at the time. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I never played AAU, but I went places to play basketball. So technically, it wasn't AAU. I just traveled, like, some different states to go play ball. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I, man, listen, I, I was the type of hooper to like I like to go anywhere to hoop, like you know, just just to see what a different competition was like. Cause when I was coming up playing in the hood, it was just like I know it's more than the hood, you know what I mean? Like I want to see where I stack up, and then I just got like a rude awakening when I went outside outside of New York City, outside of Brooklyn, outside of New York State, bro. Oh yeah, I holler at you. Definitely, man. They they humble me real quick. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's the point of traveling, though. That that happens. You think you're the man somewhere, and then uh oh. Exactly. A lot of they they quick to handle handle you real quick. Like oh, you especially you know especially being from New York. They hear you from New York at the time. They was like, what you from New York? I'm about to get at you. Like you know, you, they we always have this like thing about New York hoopers. Like you know, we we had that swag and that cockiness, which was true. Cause like we feel like we could be beat, but that's everywhere. <laughs> I had a theory in junior college. I had a, cu- a couple guys from from New York, mm-hmm. and uh, I would always say that 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 New Yorkers and, and dudes from Chicago always had really good ball handling because when they played outside, they couldn't shoot as much as we can on the West Coast. <laughs> you know what? That could that could be true because you know we produce a lot of guards. New York City produced a lot of good guards, so that in Chicago too. But New York City, you know, just just to sit here and just thinking about it, yeah, we produce a lot of guards. I feel like Cali got guards too. I mean, we got a lot of like shooters though. This the the Reggie Millers of the world. Like there's there's just so many more shooters. Yeah, and are and only the only way I could think that that can happen is from growing up and being able to shoot outside some more. We all always hooping, but what could you do? Can't shoot as many yeah. threes. I don't feel like with the weather that y'all got. Yeah, you know what? That is true because we have a lot of gym opportunities too. Back in the day, we just stuck to pretty much outside, and you know, if uh-huh. they didn't have an after school program, we was in it. But you know, we wasn't hooping like that as indoors. We we like to play on a blacktop a lot. Oh no, indoors didn't really happen until high school. For real, for real. Yeah. Not unless you had a game. True, true, yeah. That that's kind of what we was doing. Like we go to gyms, like tournaments and stuff like that too. So yeah. Uh huh. So after you um graduated from high school, you attended Cal State Monterey Bay Division Two school in Cali. Was that the only school? Or was you being recruited by someone else? Well, I got. I went to junior college before that. A uh, little junior college out there called oh, uh, Fellow Juco Los Angeles Pierce. Yeah, and. Okay. Uh, Man, I broke my hand probably the second to last game before the season was over and before playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, start, I I was getting recruited by Dominguez and uh, uh, UCLA, and it's another small school over here. And I, I didn't hear from them at all. So the only other tech team that I heard from was was Monterey, and it had to be my choice. Oh, okay. So what was you? What was you? What was you like in uh, school? You got any titles? Any any accolades? Defensive Player of the Year twice, back to back for those two years that I was there. Oh yeah, you the glue, you the glue guy from high school, so it carried over, huh? <laughs> the defense keep you on the floor, man. I, I get more opportunities. Hey, you know what? And but and that's what you, you know, with this like you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sound old right now. With this generation, you t- try to tell them like it's not about scoring all the time. Like you know, what I'm saying you can still play good defense and still get your points off. Defense win games, championships, like they say, right? Or you know, I, I could be wrong. Because now, you know, see Golden State, they all see how they pulling from threes and everything, but forget the um, defensive proudness that they have in the rotations and stuff. That, um, that Those aren't glorified, though. Yeah. It was, um, but, you know, they, they, they just like, but, you know, kids <laughs> sit here like Steph Curry shoot for half court. Like, you know, I used to have kids um, come to practice, and first shot they take, what is it? Three-pointer. Like really, like you know, you don't, you know, but defense is so overshadowed sometimes in the league because it, you know, that's why I kind of like stick to college because in college them boys play hard defense. You know, NBA is just NBA is like okay, yeah, they play some defense. They play more defensively in the playoffs, but like during the regular season, you know, it's like highlights, shooting, dunking, and everything like that. But you know, oh yeah, it's definitely entertainment for the playoffs. After that is real basketball. Facts of life, man. So, like I said, you was overseas pro hooper. Yes, I'm going to give you the pro hooper title. And you've been hooping for seven years. What is that like, man? I know that's got to be because, you know, a couple of my boys would say, say, like, yo, they treat y'all like rock stars out there, especially if it's big in the country you was in. Man, everywhere. Everywhere is like rock stars. China was amazing. China was a hell of an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say the black band is well respected internationally. So if mm. you haven't been overseas, wow. go get your respect, bro. Go get <laughs> your respect. Got you. I got you. What countries did you play in besides China? Man, China, Croatia. Mm. Uh, I played in Ireland. I played in the Philippines. Played in Spain. Um, El Salvador. Okay. Mexico, and now uh, back to Holland. I've been playing in Holland for about uh, two, three years now. That's going on my third year. Oh, yeah. Out of all those, which one is your favorite thus far? It's got to be Holland, man. It's, uh, it's very different, very different, very unique. The people are really, really nice, creative people, smart people, and they speak English. That's the thing all, that they understand English. <laughs> That's the best part right there, especially when you can... Uh sit here and be like, um, yeah, I can understand you. Because I couldn't picture myself going overseas without a translator. I'll be lost. I will only stick to only stuff that I know. And I would like to enjoy going overseas. So, yeah, I wouldn't even be a translator for whatever country I would go to. <laughs> man, with, with, with technology now, you got a translator all the time, man. You just need a phone or something. If you got that, you'll be all right. That is big facts. Big facts. Exactly. You just oh, really? Really- Google Translator. You'd be surprised how you, you'd be surprised how creative you get once you get there. You need to communicate with somebody. You get hungry enough, you're gonna figure out how to get what you want. 
Exactly, man. You know, but just like it is in the United States, you gotta watch out for those scammers. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. They they be in uh, never mind. I'm not gonna say what country they be in, but anyway. <laughs> so uh, overseas, is, do you have any plans after after your basketball career is over with? Like, is, like what's the next chapter? I, I want to take it further with the online training. Uh, trying to produce the best uh, fitness online training platform for, for online training and keep that going, and then do more things in the community. I have plans for my. Uh, my little legends program to do after school programs and I have a little travel team and stuff when things get back to normal and be able to take the players that I have a part of my program. Mm-hmm. I have uh, players that want to preach mental health. I have players that want to preach fitness. I have different players that want to preach different things. And we're going to these different schools, providing them with information, giving them resources. Mm-hmm. And we're always going to have a little basketball game afterwards. So, the plan is to be able to touch more places in the community, try to send the message off, a positive message more across uh, the, the Los Angeles County area instead of just being in the South Bay. So uh, and that's it, just you know, trying to slowly grow, make sure we're doing something positive. But that, that's pretty much it for me. If I got those two things, I think I'll be all right. Oh, okay, because, you know, you always sit here, like sometimes you ask young people, like oh, they want to go to the NBA, be like, so what is your fallback plan? Uh, exactly. <laughs> Need a fallback plan nowadays, man. You know, as much as I love hoops and I like to bet on myself, you always had that plan B or C or even sometimes D. <laughs> you got to, you got to, man. I've been, I've been, in, you know, playing overseas, losing a job back and forth. You lose a job, get cut, get re-signed, man. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan to something to fall back on. So I've been preparing this since the first time I was cut. Got you, you know, that's some nice jewels to drop there, brother, you know what I'm saying? Quite sure whoever listening to this will probably take that into heat themselves. I hope so. Okay. All right, man, um, I'd like to do this segment, I call it On the Block. So right now, we in this, the setting is, since it's nice and sunny in California, it never rains, I like to get away from this cloudy weather. So we right now, we're going to be chilling on your block. And so basically what I'm going to do is ask you a couple of, Little quick rapid fire questions, you know, and we'll go back and forth like that. You dig? Sounds good. All right, now we chilling on the Cali block right now. You know, I've never been to the West Side, so I'm just like amazed at everything. So, all right, so we're gonna start with the first question. If you had to choose, which was your favorite team to play on, from high school to pros? High school. High school, and why was that? Yeah. Just a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, man, it was a lot of fun and the, the bond that we had with each other. Uh, high school was very unique. You know, different players, different things. And you got the first time I really got to travel with the guys from my community that we played with yeah. into different areas. We went to Vegas <laughs> and we went to different parts of California and other things like that to, you know, go play. Uh, that experience alone was just last a lifetime because it, we were so young. Okay, that's what's up right there. Respect that, man. Um, in our lives as athletes, we often come across like coaches or or a coach that leaves an impact on, on, on your life. Who was that for you? Reggie Morris, man. My same same answer. High school coach. Reggie Morris. Impressive coach, man. I, I had no idea how much influence that he would have over me, the things that I remember that he said when I was, when I was younger. But, I mean, he's a good man. He was a, a, a junior. Reggie Morris, senior, was another guy that I played for. Both of those are really, really good guys. But they, they, uh, they created some really good basketball players. Russell Westbrook also played for him. Darrell and DeLon Wright both when played in the NBA, played for them. And they, they, make, they, they make you some solid players. Yeah, oh, that's what's up right there. So 
like he kind of pushed you like every day, right? Yeah, he's definitely a pusher, but he also does it in a different way. Like, mm-hmm. He will not say something to you to get his point across, too. It's, it's real mental, man. He messes with you a lot. <laughs> you know, I kind of do the same thing. Like, I won't say anything and then, you know, kind of see if they catch on themselves. It's like they said, they call it learning curves. So, you know, I can honestly see where he come from. No, I was going to say, it wasn't a bad, it's not a bad tactic at all. It no. definitely worked. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you you are living proof of that, brother. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite basketball tournament to hoop in? I want to say the Drew League because of the competition, but I love playing in the Venice Beach League. I love playing outside. I love being able to play something so different than what I played during the, the, the normal season. Gotcha. Seven months out of the year, I'm playing a certain type of way with a certain type of rules, and it's a unique, entertaining style to playing in the Venice Beach League, so... I definitely say that that's probably my favorite to play. Mm, what's your favorite team to play against, or your favorite player to play against? Do you have one? My favorite player to play against. Um, I I I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know who, who my favorite player to play against. I mean, there's so many good guards. Maybe Frank Nitty. Nitty is a good is a good player. Yo, that always brings it. Frank is a bucket um, man. Uh, what about uh, body snatching? I like playing against. I like playing against body snatcher. Mm-hmm. It's always good competition. They're just be, strong they guards. Be stacked, though. So I like big. We got to play against big guards. The smaller guards, I don't even remember their names in LA. But the big guards, we always make a statement. So those guys, I, I, I really like playing against those guys. Seeing something different from them. Yeah, man. I like I said, I got to come out to the West Side and just catch a couple of Drew games, Vintage Beach games, and all that other stuff, man. Because like, if they're exciting like the West Force and the, the Ruckers we got up here, I guarantee to be in hoop heaven. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're exciting. That's guaranteed. And I mean, the, the one thing about the, being so close right here is that you can go from one league to the next. You know, there's games going on for four hours in one place, and another game, couple games going on. And people usually just migrate on the weekends. Mm, okay, that's what's up right there. So, all right, next question I have for you is, what is your favorite food and what was your favorite thing to snack on during this quarantine? Favorite food. I've had a lot of, <laughs> I've had a lot of breakfast burritos for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> breakfast burritos? Really, bro? <laughs> breakfast burritos. Breakfast, I mean, it just, it bundles up everything, man. You can just have everything right then and there. But I've had so many breakfast burritos, it's, it's <coughs> ridiculous. You can put different kind of things in them, man, and you can, you can mix them up. <laughs> you don't have to go shopping a lot. It keeps you away from the store. You can get tortillas by the 30-pack, so you'd be all right. You go to Walmart or one of them stores out there, you can get everything you need. And Costco can give you a hundred of them. That too, Costco's and BJ's and all that other stuff, man. And definitely worth the money. You'd be having eating for days like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, what is your favorite brand to play in nike i knew he was gonna say nike you know that's why you're my nike Man, brother. They, they take a lot of time to figure out how you know how players want to play they have different shoes for different styles of, of players the Kyrie's are lows for guards and mm-hmm. things like that they have defensive player shoes like paul george's who have like a big heel gives you uh an advantage of staying on your toes and stuff yeah you got like the bronze and stuff bigger guards who are a little more explosive so i mean yeah, Nike, Nike does a good job making sure that they have a nice variation of different things to always come out to make sure that every player is satisfied. 
Yes, like back in the day, they had the commercial where they showed the different players where the different signature sneakers was up tempo, flight, force. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So those are those you know watching the Jason Kids, the Amari Stoudemire's, and the Vince Carter commercial. I don't know. I used to watch that commercial so much over on repeat, man. It, it, it's, <laughs> I just love Nike as a brand, man. You know, hopefully I get sponsored one day. <laughs> so much Nike I'll be buying. Need that, yeah. Definitely. Need that. Yeah, well, when you come out here, we definitely can do We can definitely do the Nike auditions. They always have little things going on out here. So, I mean, I don't want to put too much of our plans on, on, on the podcast, but we can definitely make sure you, you, you make some connections. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm always about connections, my man, you know. <laughs> I, I want in mind that, especially when it comes to Nike, man. But I always say I want to visit Cali anyway because, like, the first I ever been west was uh, Vegas. <laughs> That's the furthest I've been. And I hear so much about Cali. I got family out there, and you know, and a couple of my peoples, including you, is out there. So you know, I, I, I gotta make. I was actually was trying to plan either this year or next year to try to do it, but you know, unfortunately, that just hasn't happened. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'll happen when it's when it's meant to happen. Let this play its course, and when it's safe, we'll go ahead and do the thing. Cause I ain't been in New York, man. So we got to make sure that oh. that exchange happens. Yeah, man, definitely. You come here, you know I got you, bro. Uh huh. All right, man. Um, before we go out, before we get out of here, you know, um, got a couple of things. What would you give? What advice would you give the youth or anybody who's trying to take like almost the same path from becoming? you know, up-and-coming player to probably be in pro? Don't give up. I mean, it's the biggest thing that I, I can say is that, you know, there's a lot of different things and a lot of different people in your life that will give you a perspective of yourself. You just have to not give up on, on who you are and what you believe in because when you close your eyes at night, you usually have those thoughts and those things that you believe in. Mm -hmm. If you believe in those things, you cannot give up on them. You can't let that other noise from outside be bigger than what you feel in your heart. Thank I think that's probably definitely. the biggest thing that I say. Definitely, man, and, uh, you know, and for all these uh, fitness people out here, you know, I try to give as much fitness advice as I could, too. Uh, you know, it's a mind, like we said before, the mind is, you got to have a strong mind also to go into this. If, you you know, coming out of this, what is your best, coming out of, the, you know, the, the, the social injustice, the uh, covert and all this other stuff, what's the best advice you try, you, we, we give someone who's trying to lose weight? Okay, fit. Try to definitely watch what you eat. Paying attention to what you eat. If you can grow your own food or something, you know, shop for the healthiest type of food that you can. And trying to make healthy food really expensive, but it shouldn't be. So I suggest exactly. growing your own food. But but if you can pay attention to what you eat instead of you know getting persuaded by commercials and different type of things, let Research. your body take a take the time to let your body take its natural <clears> form <throat> of when you get hungry, when your body starts to metabolize. You can start instead of gaining weight, falling for these these commercials and things. You can start losing weight, letting your body metabolize the correct way. Mm -hmm. Turn the TV off for a longer period of time, doing more active things, letting your body suggest when it's hungry more so than when it's starving. Got you, got you. Thank you, man. I appreciate the gems that you drop it. Now, um, anything else you would like to say? You know, give out your ad name. You know, and you know, talk about the uh, the the organization. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I always want to drop the ad name. At Legendary Fitness is the, the fitness page, at Legendary Fitness. And uh, the, the non, my nonprofit page, for, for we, we're doing Zoom basketball trainings. I think we've given them away for free for the month of July, as long as you send DM messages. That's uh, at Little Legends Organization. 
at Little Legends Organization is where it's happening right now. So we, we can't reach everybody and do the little AAU program like we want to. So we're doing the best we can to still be able to service as many boys and girls that we can at the moment. All right, man. Yo, it's all about the give back, no matter how big, how small, man. It's always about the give back. Much appreciated, man. Much appreciated. Appreciate you for giving me the opportunity, the platform to speak to everybody and speak to as many people as I can. Oh, most definitely, man. You know, like I said, when I started this, I already had you on my mind of being like, you know what, I want him as a guest. And like I said, you're going to come, you know, I'm going to have you back on here because I'm still thinking about, you know, other things that's going on in my mind about, you know, maybe coaches or fitness instructors that I know come together. We do like a little group discussion or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, let me know when we. When I need to chair, pull up a chair to the round table, man. Of course, man. Of course, man. And <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, man, that is a wrap for episode number six. I'd like to thank my Brody, Jamil Tolliver. Blessings, blessings. Appreciate it. And that makes it a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in on the Black Podcast with me, Jay, a.k.a. Coach Jay, a.k.a. Jay Boogie. You can catch this and many other episodes of my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. Ladies and gentlemen, less stress and stay blessed.